What is up, everybody? It's Friday. You know what that means. It's another edition of Curveballs and Share Shots. My name is Brandon Tango, and sitting electronically more than six feet away from me is my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? Brandon, I am living the freaking dream today. How are you? You're, you're living the dream? How are you living the dream? How's life going? Terrible. I overdrafted at the beginning of the month then I got paid. So I paid the fine or fee, whatever you want to call it. You know, now I'm, you know, back to almost negative in my account. So I'm living the American dream. Nice. Nice to hear that, Dominic. So we have to uh, start off with some sad news. Once again, we have a passing. And this time, it's kind of a tragic, shocking passing. We have Vincent Jackson, longtime San Diego Charger and Tampa Bay Buccaneer wide receiver. He passed away at the age of 38. Kind of a wild story. Still don't exactly know all the details, but he was found dead in his hotel room this week. And kind of the uh, the story coming out is he suffered from alcoholism. He's been living in a hotel for a few months now. His family sent out a missing persons report. And I think they found him from like they found him alive in a hotel and then come to find out, uh, you know, a few days later, he they end up finding him dead in his hotel room. Just a, a sad, sad story. And the family has come out. They will be donating his brain for CTE research. And uh, we haven't, you know, haven't heard a lot of these stories recently, but you know, when they come out there, they're just as sad as they used to be. I mean, I, I guess the only positive you can take away from this is that the family is donating it to CTE. It gets us a little more in depth into all the damages and everything football can cause. But, you know, it's, it's still a sad, you know, I, I'm not too familiar with his career and if he was good i mean i'm pretty i mean if it's that big of a deal i was taking it, he was pretty good and you're probably gonna shit on me for not knowing it but um i mean come on it's, it's like like when i saw his name it didn't like first register like it's not like you know yeah. manning passed away but then when i like looked into it i was like oh yeah i remember him mostly i remember more with the chargers than the buccaneers but he, he was a he was a pretty good wide receiver yeah so i mean so i mean like i said so it's still terrible news and you know, and alcoholism isn't a joke. It's terrible. It's not fun to deal with personally. And, you know, well, not personally, because I'm not an alcoholic. It's okay, Dominic. If, if we need to schedule your intervention, we can do that. You can try. It won't fucking stop. But, um, but terrible news. But like I said, great thing is they're donating his brain and we can get a little more in depth on, you know, what actually happened to the body. Now let's just take a hard right turn and let's get into the world of professional baseball we have some breaded up chicken titties fernando tatis has signed his extension with the san diego padres 14 years 340 million dollars dominic when fernando tatis's contract is over the mets will finally be done paying uh bobby bonilla and we will be 40 years old. Insane to think about, but Fernando Tatis, I mean, deservingly so, the, I would assume, 
getting the bag at 22 years old. Let me ask you a question. This is something that when I saw that the other day, I was thinking to myself, I was like, okay, I understand right now after last season, I understand. Yeah. You, you're going to, you're, you're going to fucking lock him down for long-term, but why so much in terms of years, I can understand like five years, you know, maybe six, but why go so far as team? Like, cause he doesn't, what, what, what happens if next year he fucking breaks his leg? I mean, yeah, I know baseball's guarantees are different and everything like that, but I mean, like 14 years, I'm sorry. I wouldn't go that much, but I mean, still well-deserving, I guess. I mean, when you're saying, one of the top players you're in the saying world. you wouldn't do it, are you talking about from the, the front office's standpoint of signing a player for 14 years? or as a player signing 14 years and committing to a single team for that long. I'm talking about front office. Cause if I'm a player and I'm getting, I'm, I know I got 14 years and what is it like? What was it again? 300 plus million, 340 plus? million dollars, 340 million for 14 years. Eh, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I think any player would fucking take it, but I'm saying front end. I mean, you know, like I said, well-deserving after last season, watching him, how entertaining and great he was playing. Understandably so, he would get a bag in sorts. But 14 mils for 340 mil, I'm like, maybe why don't you knock down that price tag a little bit and knock off some years just because what if in three years he just fucking shits the bed? Then you have that big-ass contract that you'd up still. Unless there's more to it that I don't know or don't understand. I'm just fucking being sour apple over here because I'm fucking 26 and broke <laughs> Okay, Dominic. But I mean, I kind of understand where you're coming from 14 years, especially with the guarantees in baseball. There's no guarantee that Fernando Tatis will have these past two seasons for the next 14 years, which I understand. But when he's 22 and he's showing the promise that he is right now, and then even when his contract runs out, he's gonna be 36. That's still, you know, back back end of a decent career of being like, you know, a decent prime, I guess, you know, it all depends what exactly injuries and all the other stuff pans out to be. But when you have a special talent like this, like we think he is, if, you know, we don't know, maybe in the next five years, he's the best player in the game. And Mike Trout is, you know, falls off a cliff or whatnot. But I think this is a good move for the Padres. And it's showing everyone around the league that the coronavirus excuse of we don't have any fans, we can't pay any money is utter bullshit. We're seeing the Padres just dish out money left and right, and they're in a pissing contest right now with the Dodgers. And, you know, this isn't an upgrade because they had him last year, but committing to him for such a long period of time and saying, you know, you're going to be the face of this franchise. You're going to possibly be the face of baseball, which I think he might already be. I like this move, and I might eat my words in 10 years if, or even a couple years if this turns out to be like Nolan Arenado when they have a big falling out and he demands a trade. But Good for him. Get that money. And hopefully everything pans out because if he's just as good, if not, I mean, he could be even better than what he was these past few years. He can be like Mike Trout, but at shortstop, we just don't know. He's just so young and he, I think he's only going to be getting better. I mean, if he needs a personal assistant that just fucking hand washes his chonies, I got you dog. I mean, I'll do it for like 50 bucks an hour. No, you know, no questions asked. I got you home. 50 bucks an hour. The breakdown I saw on Fernando Tatis's contract is every minute he's making $47, $47 a minute for the next 14 years. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good rate right there. Now let's move on 
into some other news. Uh, the Oakland A's made a ton of moves, and I think they're all interesting in their own right. So they made a ton of moves, uh, bolstering their bullpen. They got they re-signed Yasmero Petit, and then they sign a longtime San Francisco giant reliever, Sergio Romo and Trevor Rosenthal. So three veteran relief pitchers. Petit had a fantastic year last year. Romo was with the Twins. Eh, he was okay. And then Rosenthal, I can't remember exactly what team he was with last year, but uh, he's also a, a pretty good reliever. So I think with the relief, with the bullpen, which wasn't an issue last year with the A's, I think that bullpen is just going to get stronger. And they have a big giant hole with uh, Liam Hendricks not there anymore. Don't know who's closing, but adding more depth to that bullpen is only going to help. Well, that that was the thing I was going to ask you was I know ever since going, going off of the Giants for a second, since Wilson left, Romo was the pseudo closer for, you know, however long. Um, so, I mean, I was thinking, I guess you would throw Romo because he has the experience or do you think they they play with it and see – who's the better closer in spring training. I mean, I'm sure that's what's going to happen, but I would assume it would be Romo at the moment. I would say Romo is not a closer. Romo is a setup guy and maybe even like a sixth, seventh inning guy. I, he just, he has a, he has a good slider. He's not a power guy. And I think when it comes to the, the, uh, you know, the closer, I think you want to have that power, that power arm. And I think petite at the moment would be my kind of lead candidate to close the bullpen. Cause he was kind of the setup guy last year, just kind of elevate him into that scenario. Unless they have, you know, a young starter, maybe AJ puck comes in. He can be a closer because right now he can't stay healthy to be a starter. We shall see about that. But uh, I mean, I don't see Romo being a closer. A, I think Rosenthal's actually has a higher upside than Romo. I think Romo, you know, yeah, he has a legacy with the giants, but I, I mean, we saw him at the playoffs last year. He almost kind of got the Blake Snell treatment that where he got taken out, I think, before the game was actually over. But he got in that predicament in the first place to where the Astros were knocking on the door to take the lead and everything like that. Now, moving on, sticking with the A's, though, they sign veteran designated hitter slash first baseman Mitch Moreland. I guess you can say filling the void of Chris Davis, Chris Davis, not exactly a defensive person. And when he was, he'd play the outfield. Now Moreland, he can be that DH and then he can also play first base behind Matt Olson, maybe give him some time off. You know, I mean, if you're going to compare him straight up with Chris Davis, it's kind of a, a lateral move. It's not really an upgrade. He, I mean, yeah, Chris Davis might have the possibility to hit 40 home runs where Mitch Moreland may, maybe has more of an upside to hit for average. So it's almost kind of like a fair trade-off, but I think Moreland, unfortunately, I was kind of I was really down on Chris Davis last year. So I think this is actually an upgrade from KD. I was literally gonna say the same thing that anything that is remotely close to KD is gonna be a total upgrade just because how and and I don't really want to speak ill of Chris Davis because for prior years he was playing, I mean shit. I mean, he played good enough to get that extension, but last year he just he he couldn't do anything it was very irritating that you get in that situation where you're like okay all you need is a fucking base hit and you can't even get a fucking base hit so i mean i think Moreland will be you know a lot lot better than what kd could provide and it just adds more veteran depth 
Yeah, I, I would say Elvis Andrews, probably a downgrade for Marcus Simeon. Mitch Moreland upgrade from Chris Davis. So I think the, the A's right now with kind of the playoff odds that I've saw, they're even behind the angels. I think is just completely whack. Like, yeah, I know you lost Liam Hendrick and Marcus Simeon, but I don't see what the angels did in the off season to catapult them over the athletics. I know I'm kind of, I'm being a homer right now, but I still have faith that the A's can make a wild card run. And with the Astros losing, losing George Springer, we don't know how big of an issue that'll be because I mean, Jose Altuve and uh, whatchamacallit, Carlos Correa. You know, Carlos Correa, he popped off in the in the playoffs, but during the regular season, he wasn't all that great. George Springer was kind of the glue that was keeping them together. So if they fall off a cliff again in a 162 season, I wouldn't be shocked if the Astros just shit the bed. Well, and, that, and that's my thing is, I mean, it, it's tough for me to – I don't really want to start really spouting off anything. But and Dominic, I just want to interrupt you real quick. I just want to uh, – say thank you for the Christmas present because I completely blanked on Carlos Correa's name so that I had to turn to the wall where I have his plaque hanging up on my room. <laughs> and so I had to look and I could see Carlos Correa. So thank you very much. Your present worked out. Well, I I mean, I wore your present a couple days ago, but it was choking. So I had to take it off. You, know? you don't have to put the chin strap on it. Well, yeah, I do. That's how I then I can throw up the horns and be like, see, whatever. I'm still, waiting for you yeah, take, I, I'm still waiting for you to take a photo and tag her in it because every time I see, you know, someone tagged, she'll retweet it or put it on her story. Come on, Dominic. Yeah, but I'm fat and ugly, Brandon. I don't want to, I don't want to disappoint her. It's okay. Just, Anyways, just, just but, be like, just, you know, sh- shout out like Oakland or the Bay Area and she'll like give even more love. Ooh, We're deep in the yeah, podcast. Yeah. The studio audience won't hear this. I don't know, whatever. But anyways, I don't want to spell out anything, but I, I'm not really riding that high on the A's. I don't even think they're gonna, they're really gonna make anything this season. I'm sorry. I just feel like with everything going on, the moves they could have made and they didn't make, and you know, losing Hendricks, Simeon, that ordeal. Um, you know, I don't see they them really have, being. They still have Matt Olson and Matt Chapman, and Matt Chapman was gone at the end of the season. So if he's healthy the entire season, that technically is a positive, right? Mm, possibly. I'm, I'm not. And even Matt Chapman I mean, had kind of a down offensive year as well. So if he can bounce back offensively, I think the A's can uh, do some. Let's damage. face it, Brandon. Let's face it. Angels are better. Mm, no, they're not. I'll, I'll concede with the Astros. Definitely not. With the they got the goat Mike Trout. Yeah, but Mike Trout's been there for damn near ten years, and they still haven't made the playoffs. But anyways, uh, we got some some other kind of minor uh, signings that happened during the week. Justin Turner has resigned with the Los Angeles Dodgers. You know, good move keeping him in the uh, the blue and white. No one ever says that. But anyways, uh, we didn't really hear any rumblings of him going anywhere else. You know, solid move and yeah, lateral moves. Man. That's because, you know, no one wanted somebody who tested positive with COVID and then on the field and celebrate with their team. It's like a fucking idiot. That's why. There you go. Dominic doesn't forget. Then Jake Arietta, he has, I guess, re-signed with the Chicago Cubs. Wait, he- hang on. Hang on. By, by the way, by the way, so I'm sorry to interrupt, but speaking of COVID, you know, I had a fucking customer come into my store, talk to me for 45 minutes, and then go to the register and tells my cashier, I really want a candy bar, but I can't taste anything. I have COVID. You believe this motherfucker? <laughs> she told me that because she started wiping your shit down a little quickly. And I'm like, what are you doing? That customer you're talking to has COVID. I'm like, fuck. 
So I like went out and I like sanitized my hand, my phone, my fucking I I got a new mask and everything. I freaked the fuck out. So you know, if I die, his name's Chris. He has a he owns a property in downtown Oakland, like five hundred thousand square feet. Murder him. I I cannot co-sign on that that last action, but uh, yeah, that's uh, not a good look. Unless he was making a joke of it, which not a good look as well. Uh, so as I was saying, Jake Arietta, he has quote unquote re-signed with the Chicago Cubs. He spent a year or two with the Phillies. Now he's back with the Cubs. You know, we talked about the Cubs over the, this this offseason. We're not exactly high on their outlook. Chris Bryant's still with the team, so I guess that's a that's a positive, but maybe not for long. I mean, bring him back. They lose John. Is John Lester? No, yeah, John Lester isn't with them anymore. So. Yeah, it's a it's a fine move, I guess. Didn't Lester go back with those socks? I thought. I uh, didn't. God damn it! I I want to say the Nationals, but I'm not like 100 percent sure on that. So let's I see. thought I read that he went back to the Red Sox. I thought I could be totally smoking crack again, but I thought Lester went back to the Sox. Uh, I, John I Lester remember. is on the Washington Nationals. As oh, look I at you! Correctly thought. What team do I play for, Brandon? Uh, you play both sides, right? Ooh, I see how it is. Any hoots. Uh, sticking with some starting pitchers, the New York Mets unfortunately could, could not get Trevor Bauer, but they did get Taiwan Walker. So they add him to the rotation, put him on the back end. And despite not getting Trevor Bauer, I still think the New York Mets are a strong contender to win the East and, you know, make a deep playoff run. Uh, uh, you know what? Because I disagreed so badly with you on the A's, I'll go here with, you, with the Mets. I mean, it, it's going to be a close one, but I think they can win it. Which means the Mets aren't making the playoffs and the A's are going to lose in the division like they always do. But maybe they'll win a wild card game. So positives. I mean, if we go to the wild card game, they're going to lose. But if we don't go... Sidetrack, has uh, Ace Access ever hit you up at anything in the past, like, six months? No. Uh, the last time I heard from him was the if, um, when we were talking about should we just get our money back or put it towards next season. That was, that was what, uh, March of last year, maybe? Something like that, right? Or was it before that? It had to be before that, right? It's probably so, like April. It's probably like once the season like officially got canceled. Tell your or, cat to or, shut the fuck up. Well, God. I'm sorry. You know, AJ is in the is in the is in the home office, and the cats oh, are, you know, okay. they they want to get some of that that uh that kitty cat. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> My problems. But um, and but yeah. hoots. Tim Tebow, he has announced that he will not be continued. Shut the fuck up. Tim Tebow will not be playing professional baseball anymore he has retired t's and p's right dominic i mean i would have liked it okay football tim tebow for me did not mix well i actually did like him in baseball college college football tim tebow i know this is for him he's a god (laughs) i heard that (laughs) i don't know what that was my my throat just making some weird ass noises you thirsty, huh, boy? Mm-hmm. But um, Betty Falk. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yes, college Tim Tebow, my guy. NFL Tim Tebow, not my guy. I liked him in baseball. I would have loved to have him 
you know, I, I'm just saying, if you would have seen him in the World Series, you would shit your pants. But hate to see it. Good luck. If in I would have seen him Dodgers. on a major league roster, I might have shit my pants. But that wasn't happening. I think maybe he got like an invite in spring training, but that's about it. That's I thought he, he played. I thought he played. Uh, he was on the Mets Mets roster. I thought on his. Um, he got called up. I thought he got called up to like AAA, but he never made it to oh. the big leagues. I thought he did. Never mind. I'm gonna shut up now. Tim Tebow used to play in the NFL. Carson Wentz still plays in the NFL, but not with the Philadelphia Eagles anymore because he has been traded to the Indianapolis Colts for a 2021 third-round pick and a conditional 2022 second-round pick, and that can turn into a first if Wentz plays 75% of the snaps or 70% plus a Colts playoff appearance. Now, Dominic... uh, I swear to God, these fucking cats are pissing me the fuck off. It's the, okay, baby. It's okay. It's okay. Calm down. Just yourselves. Anyways, we, we kind of thought that the Colts were the lead candidate to get Wentz. There seemingly wasn't any other real contenders. And we saw with Stafford getting such a hefty, hefty price tag, maybe Wentz would get maybe, you know, half of that. And it seemed like he didn't even get like a quarter of it. Your your thoughts on on Wentz going to Indy like we thought and also for such a low price. I think I talked about it when it first happened. I was kind of like, really? It's a couple draft picks. That's all they get for Wentz. And yeah. Who's this we shit? You play for the Colts? Sorry. The Colts. But I'm just saying, I think Carson Wentz, you know, definitely worth a smidge more. I probably would have if I was the Eagles, I would have asked for something else, maybe a, somewhere where they're lacking. I'm not familiar with the Eagles because I don't give two fucks about them. Maybe one, but definitely not two. And, you know, I, I think he's worth it. Now, the Eagles have a starting quarterback. You know, they have a, a decent roster, I would say, but fucking draft picks, and they're not even – it's a conditional first round. It, it's – to me, it's a slap in the face. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Wentz next year go fucking off and just the Colts are just a crazy, scary team and they just fuck the fucking Eagles. Bitch-ass motherfucker. I think this is this is a good move for Carson Wentz getting out of Philly, going uh, back with Frank Wright. You know, he had his best seasons with him in Philly. But we also talked about how possibly maybe he's a broken he's a broken man after his injury and maybe he's a little skittish. But you add the, a good offensive line with the Colts. Weapons... I mean, T.Y. Hilton, he had a he had a good second half of the season, but the wide receivers aren't exactly the best. But I think that offensive line is really the key that could help him have a, a good, you know, bounce back, I guess, career with the Colts. But I, I mean, well, the I thing too hope, is, but I just don't think he's going to be Super Bowl once. Well, yeah, the thing too is, I mean, you had Philip Rivers last year. You saw what he did, and Philip Rivers is a way better quarterback than Carson Wentz, but. You know, being that this is your new quarterback, I feel like Wentz should be able to get in there and, you know, having a better O-line and everything like that, he should – I'm not going to say go back to what he was, but definitely, you know, if if what we saw, if Phillip Rivers can do what he did, I'm pretty sure Wentz can duplicate that. Colts made it to the playoffs this year, lost, but do they make it again next year? I'm going to say Yes. Okay, okay. We shall 
see. Now we are done with the sports. Now let's get on into the fan mail portion, otherwise known as. Questions of the week. Bum, bum. No friends because I accidentally didn't post the Instagram questions until later. Normally I'm up at midnight and I post it then, but uh, didn't do it this time. Sorry. Well, it's fine because, you know, Mr. X. Oh, hold on. Definitely... We, well, I, I like to, uh, before we get into this week's questions, I like mm-hmm. to acknowledge last week's questions that I didn't get to. Okay. Uh, Haley, number one fan of the podcast, she wants to know what should she get Tyler for Valentine's Day? Uh, fucking, a fucking smack to the face and a kick to the balls. I don't know. You think Tyler's into it? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm I'm sure. You know what? I if if I was in her shoes, okay. If we if we were to roll reversal, roll reversal here, and this was Mary asking you and Tyler what to get. <laughs> Studio audience. Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure you guys would be. Get that some bitch nothing for missing your anniversary. Now he didn't miss an anniversary. He actually got her a couple things. Can't remember, but so I would say nothing would be my guess. Or slap to the face and kicking the balls. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. There you go. From the love doctor, Dominic Ops. Yeah. Now what? Now now, ladies. If there's any other ladies out there listening, Brandon. Well, Valentine's Day is past, but Brandon is always in the mood for a Valentine. You know, so if you're Valentine's gonna... Day never stops. Exactly for this for this bachelor over here. So you know, make your way. Put me on the bachelor. The watch out, Matt. Ooh boy, I, I, I would watch the show for you. I'll vote for you or whatever. I, I don't mean, know. I mean, if I, if it's the Bachelor, I'm not losing. But if it's the Bachelorette, then I probably lose because I'm lose. like yeah. you know, I'm like five two and two hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> no, no way. I'm even getting you know. A, a tryout, let alone getting on the show. No, I bet you they'll put you on the show just for her to go. Oh God! I, I just have to like show up like full gimmick and just like making an, an ass out of myself. Yeah, you start maybe fucking chugging beers and, and fucking jumping off sorry the fucking furniture. Yeah, yeah. Then you get the first rose, and then you think you have a chance, and then next thing you know, you just fucking get the fuck up, fat ass. And then I start. And be like, oh my god, I thought we had something. Mm-hmm. I I just and then you stalk her on Facebook and Instagram, I and then my next heart you know, out to her. And then she just kicked me to the curb. How did she do that? Talk about your your childhood trauma. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Dominic, what did Mister X send us? A very frozen hello to you from my neck of the woods to yours. Damn, we're doing it's just frozen. fine right now. It's a uh, fifty-five degrees. Little little hazy, had a little bit of sprinkles, but uh, we've been having some good weather here, unlike the rest of the country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sucks for you guys. Not for you, Mister X. I feel for you, brother. Yeah. Oh, and I just wanted—I don't know if you saw this, but did you see that uh, the Good Brothers were wearing his uh, t-shirt design? I did see that. Shout out, Mister X. I know was, he's been, he's been yeah. in collab with you know some New Japan stuff and the Good Brothers. Fuck so yeah, I was fucking—I saw that shit and I was like, that's fucking shit. I'm fucking hella juice for him. So. Shout out to you, Mr. X. That's some good shit. Um, so his first question, and it's a he he has a homer question, as you would say, Brandon. And do you know do you, do you, 
Guess what it is. I haven't seen The Simpsons in a while, so I'm sorry. Okay. Is Sean Doolittle a good pickup for the Reds in the possible closer role? Well, we know Sean Doolittle. He had a – I mean, World Series, Sean Doolittle, I think he, he was good. Now, last mm-hmm. season, kind of the Nationals as a whole, especially the, the pitching side of things. I mean, Juan Soto was really the only bright spot in that entire season. But I think as a closer, maybe not, but I think as – kind of an anchor veteran setup guy I, I still think he has you know he has some he has some good innings left at him he his heyday with the A's he was a power pitcher now maybe his power has fallen off a tad bit maybe he can be a little more precise with his pitching so he, he's a good pickup I think the Reds you know got a good pitcher in Sean Doolittle now is he going to be a Raldis Chapman for back in the day absolutely not nope. but definitely not he, he's a he's a solid pickup but uh, maybe not a game changer. No, I got you. I agree. Uh, let's see. Sticking to baseball, and we covered it already. And he's also a fun it, follow on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. Well, I don't think he has an Instagram, but fun follow on Twitter. If you haven't done so already. Is Mr. Tatis worth $340 million, especially over 14 years? I think we covered it. I, th- I mean, I do think he's worth it, but I don't see why you'd want to sign someone to that long and lucrative of a deal. But, you know, like you said, 14 years, he's what, 36, he still can play. So, you know, it's, whatever. It's a, it's what do I risk. know? It's a risk, but if it pans out, you know, to 90% of what you think it happened, I think it's still worth it. And if you get a World Series win in that, some, in that 14 years, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, I, I would assume he'll win a few MVPs uh, at least a World Series appearance, depending on what the Dodgers are doing. I mean, the the yeah. thing is with the the Padres is they just have the Dodgers, and I know there's wild cards and stuff, but they play them so much that by the time you get to playoffs, they probably know all the tricks that you have. You know, don't worry about the Giants, man. Oof, they're they're doing a lot. Yeah, Dominic, how are the Giants doing? I don't know. Don't pay attention to them. Okay. Okay. You know, it's funny, though. As soon as the Giants make a comeback, Dominic is going to hop off the A's bandwagon. He's going to join Giants access. No, because that shit would be way more expensive than the A's. So I told you, Brandon, I have given up the Giants ties. Yeah, I still can flirt. I can be a little slut and flirt with the Giants. But my heart is with the Oakland Athletics now. Okay, we've been through this. Okay, I was a recovering Giants fan. And now I'm full-fledged recovered. I'm not going to relapse. I can flirt. I, I, I can be enticed to, to sniff the garlic fries or something like that, but I'm never going back. Okay. Okay. I'll hold you to that. Okay. Okay. Sticky. Now baseball's done. We're going to go to some of the dribble, dribble, shoot, dunk, alley-oop, NBA basketball stuff. What kind of a crowd response can we expect of this year's NBA All-Star game and other festivities over that weekend? Brandon, what do you think is going to happen? Well, I don't know exactly what will happen. It's, I believe it's in Atlanta, correct? So there will be some fan interaction. I didn't put down the uh, the All-Stars, but uh, since Mr. X brought it up, I guess I will announce them here. So we have on the West Coast, LeBron James is the captain 17-time All-Star, surrounded by Stephen Curry, Luka Doncic, Nikolai Jokic, and Kawhi Leonard. Then on the East Coast, we have 11-time all-star captain Kevin Durant, surrounded by Giannis Antetokounmpo, 
Bradley Beal. Shout out Bradley Beal, who's been balling this year. Uh, Joel Embiid and Kyrie Irvin. So those are your starters. And then I believe in what day will they have? On two, Thursday, March 4th, they'll have the draft. Okay. Well, I'm just giving the people uh, the information they need. Okay. Okay, cool, man. Jeez, come down. <sighs> Anyways, they, you didn't really <laughs> the festivities, but festivity wise, I mean, I, I thought I might have heard or saw something online that they're trying to do shit like during halftime, like the three point competition or dunk contest or something like that, which I thought was really stupid. But, you know, and I thought they weren't like, going to do anything. I thought they were just going to have the game and that's pretty much it. Not even I mean, like, a, like a future stars game. Just have the all-star game getting it out. Well, yeah, because I guess slam, the slam dunk combination really goes off of the crowd's, you know, response. Granted, I know it's judges are judging it, but, you know, I guess you do need a crowd for that three point competition. It gives a fuck about it. Um, let's see. Okay, that's it for sports. Now we've got some wrestling stuff. And Brandon, no tears, okay? That's what I got. Is this just plain old heel Adam Cole doing what he does best, or does he have some other alternative motive? Am I saying that right? Alterior? Yeah. You said alterior. Alterative? Alterior? Alterior. Alterior, sorry. Sorry, I'm this many years old. We will cover Vengeance Day and NXT and everything like that. But okay, the Adam okay, Cole, okay. The Adam Cole, okay, okay. You're just, I was going to give a little bit so, of it. So, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, even, don't even tease him. Don't even tease him. Don't even tease him. Just, just we're going to cover that. So he, has, so he has to listen now, even if he does already. But he has to now. Okay. Is this Kyle O'Reilly's seizure story real? If it is, I hope he's okay. But could this possibly be a part of the storyline with Adam? I hope it's not a storyline because, you know, Someone who's mentally and emotionally scarred from Caesar, you know, it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, I, I don't understand. From what I've, un- what I understand is it was a work, and I don't know. It was not on the show. It was after the show, which there are still a little bit of fans at ringside for the NXT tapings. But I just don't under like Kyle O'Reilly, fantastic seller. I think he's done not like. I guess you can call them seizures where he kind of like, you know, convulses a little bit with the selling. So I don't know mm-hmm. exactly. I haven't seen a video. I just heard what people said. So I would, I'm going with it's fake. Sorry. Worked. And Kyle kind of tweeted out and, you know, thanks for all your thoughts and prayers. And he kept it pretty much in storyline with that actually addressing the whole seizure situation. So mm-hmm. I felt like it was okay. unnecessary, but maybe people kind of took his selling kind of out of context or something. I don't know. Oh yeah. I mean, it wasn't uh who is it there's there's always somebody i can't remember i think it might have been shane or there's somebody that i remember when they take a stunner they would act like they were fucking you know convulsing and shit like that so i mean i i'm hoping it's just you know selling but any any hoots the last question well it's like one big paragraph and there's multiple questions in it so you gotta pay attention okay brandon because i'm gonna read it all at once and you just gotta cover everything okay rapid fire Rapid fire questions. You ready? Okay, rapid fire questions, Daddy. You got it. Don't get me wrong. I can't wait to see this exploding barbed wire death match. The kid in me who spent his formative years watching the original ECW is loving this. But is this Tony Khan geeking out trying to cram in all the types of wrestling he loved as a kid? This also hurt AEW's credibility as a legit organization. 
People begin to see this as gimmick match company type of like the FMW in Japan because, blah, blah, blah. hang on, I, I lost my place. Oh yeah, right there. Like what FMW in Japan became in the 90s with all their matches, in, which included exploding death matches. We done? Yes. So the exploding barbed wire death match, I'm intrigued. I think AEW has done a fantastic job with stipulations, not doing them too many times, not going kind of off the beaten path and not doing the traditional ones that WWE does. Even when they do do it, like the cage match, we've only had one cage match and it meant a whole lot. So from that perspective, I like it. Their stipulations mean something and they usually always live up to the hype. The other hand, the actual stipulation itself, I'm not a fan of. I'm a little scared. I did not like the death match that Moxley and Omega had at full gear a couple years ago. And then now adding on top of it, it should be even bigger and badder. I'm a little, you know, it, Renee Young said it perfectly. Well, I mean, she didn't say per- really anything, but, you know, just kind of her saying the stipulation with like a gif attached to it. It, it was kind of the exact same thing I was thinking. Like, really, John? Because I feel like this is all John's doing because he was the CZW guy before he went to WWE. He was always the deathmatch guy. And I just thought that he, you know, got it out of his system against Joe Janela. No, okay. He got it out of his system against Kenny Omega. No. And now he just continues to do this. So I, I feel like it's not a one-time thing with him. He wants to continue to do this. Maybe fatherhood will change him. I don't know. I'm just, I'm intrigued to see how they pull it off and what is, because I've never seen, like I've seen highlights, but I've never seen like a full-fledged match of that type, but I, it's just not my type of wrestling. I don't like the death match, hardcore, blood and guts, light tubes, bloody for the sake of being bloody. Well, so, and I mean, I, I agree with you to an extent. I don't like full-fledged, like you said, fucking slicing, basically trying to kill yourself. But then again, you know, seeing somebody fucking hit with a barbed wire bat, you know, you know, stuff like, and not go full fledged, you know, mutilation. I kind of, you know, I, I, I like to see that attitude era esque stuff. I am the guy you who know? says more blood is better. Like, I want more blood in wrestling, but I just don't want that much. Oh, yeah. No, Fine yeah, totally. You, you want to see, in my opinion, I don't know, I might get shit for this. I would like to see a protected chair shot with blading i'd be fine with that you know one or two shots boom you're busted open and then they start beating you with their fists you know like you know like trying to open you up cool great wonderful grand but i don't need to like you said i don't need to see you fucking getting a staple gun to your fucking head and you know like having them grade your face with the cheese grater like i don't need all that just you know go through some tables hit some high jumps and then going back to the stipulation as a whole, this seemingly would be a final blow-off stipulation. And I would think Kenny will win, Moxley will go off for, on paternity leave, and it's going to mean a lot because he'll be gone for a few months. So at least on that aspect, I have faith in AEW to you know, live up to the stipulation and make it mean a lot, as much as it's probably going to be a geek show. Okay. I mean, I, I can see that happening, and then Moxley comes back and, you know, gets his revenge i guess or finally gets the you know another rematch but whatever if you want to be like mr x get a jingle be a cool guy get your 
and questions asked and choked and stuff like that, whatever, email us. Curveball and CS at gmail.com. And if you want to slide into the DMs, curveballs and CS on both the Twitter and the Instagram, we will have a link tree in the description so you can go to all our different places to interact with us. Now let's get into the world of professional wrestling. I will continue to check the Instagram later on after the show or after we're done with everything to see if maybe we get a last minute question, but NXT takeover vengeance day was this past weekend. I thought it was a fantastic show. We had some date. We had a debut and we also have a rumor debut to be coming. Taya Valkyrie apparently has signed with WWE and it seems she will make her debut on the NXT roster. Dominic, your thoughts on Taya? We've talked about her possibly testing the free agency market. Uh, I think AW would have benefited more from her, but with John Morrison, her husband being in WWE, it makes sense why she signed here. I mean, I definitely think it's a good pickup. I know with NXT, you have a few of their stars should be getting call-ups pretty soon. So it would be good for her to go, go into there. And I would probably assume as long as she doesn't piss anyone off, become NXT champion and kind of rule there for a while. And I also think eventually she'll get the main roster call too. So I think it's a great pickup for them. I think it's a good pickup as well, you know, getting some more veteran talent on that roster to work with kind of the youngers and with the younger women. And she's, you know, kind of a a bigger, you know, tougher looking woman compared to kind of the smaller ones like EO and, you know, Shotzi. And I mean, a lot of the women on there are kind of smaller in stature, except for Raquel Gonzalez and Rhea, wherever, wherever the hell she is. But uh, I'm intrigued to see exactly uh, what she's going to do in NXT. I think she will be pushed very strong and maybe not win the championship, but I think she'll definitely be contending and be in main events and, challenge for the title i 100 agree with that now let's get on to vengeance day proper dominic we don't have to go over the entire show i thought it was an absolutely fantastic card i would say the best pandemic takeover ever and i would probably put it maybe lower first tier of takeovers in general i thought this was just an absolutely phenomenal show all the all the matches lived up to the hype. The only kind of notable, I wouldn't say disappointment, but the worst match was the women's triple threat. And I thought that was still a decent to good match. Isn't it sad that NXT's, you know, women division can have a, you know, it's a takeover pay-per-view match. It maybe misses some stuff, but yeah, it's still better than any AEW women's match ever. Well, we're going to talk about a women's match on AEW Dynamite that I thought was the best match on the entire show. So Dominic will jump in the gun there. Sorry, I get a little antsy. Mm-hmm. So uh, Dominic, is there anything, I, you know, you were, you had Valentine's Day with Studio Audience, so I'm not expecting you that you saw everything or anything, but uh, any any notable things you would like to hit on? Obviously the big angle at the end, which we'll talk about, but besides that. Yeah, we're, we'll talk about that with NXT. But um, no, I mean, Everybody kind of assumed what the men's Desi Cup was going to win. It was going to be MSK. Um, I was actually surprised it was Dakota. I thought you would have had the babyface win the uh, females Desi Cup. So I was a little surprised that Dakota and Raquel got that. But, you know, other than that, I mean, pretty much the main thing we and everybody wants to talk about is the ending, which we'll get into. Yes, Finn Balor defeated Pete Dunne to retain the NXT Championship, and then Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch come out to uh, beat down Finn Finn 
and Kyler Riley, Undisputed Era, make the save. But as everyone's posing at the end of the show, we have the super kick heard around the world. Adam Cole super kicks Finn Balor, and then he super kicks Kyle O'Reilly. Roderick Strong seemingly caught in the middle. What is going on? I don't know. But uh, to kick off NXT proper, Kyle O'Reilly interrupted the announcers who were kind of introducing the show. And he just comes out and says he wants answers, demands Adam Cole to come out. He doesn't. Roger Strong comes out, tries to talk him down. Kyle O'Reilly and you know, I don't trust, I don't trust you. It's not your fault. It's just, you know, I don't trust anybody really right now. Finn comes out. He talks and says, you know, get in line. I want to talk to Adam Cole. And then they set up a six-man tag. I guess we'll just jump all the way to the main event. Lorcan Birch done defeat Finn Finn Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong after Adam Cole gets involved beats down or I guess it's like a brain buster on Kyle O'Reilly which leads to the selling and the seizure that we've already talked about and Adam Cole beats down Finn he's left standing holding the NXT title Dominic take it away your thoughts just Undisputed Era finally has I guess officially broken up so I'm not going to go with they've broken up. I, I'm, I'm hoping this is this going to be a major swerve in the end where, you know, Kyle's going to help Finn and everyone's just like, okay, you know, this is going to be the way we call up Adam Cole and all of that. And next thing you know, he fucking screws Finn and it's because he is been pulling, yanking his chain the whole time. And this is Undisputed's way of getting the gold back onto him. And it's going to be another, what do they call it when everyone's holding the gold? Like the gold rusher or whatever golden prophecy golden prophecy there you go it's gonna be another golden prophecy where you get adam back on top then red dragon gets their shit and then roderick strong gets the north american title and then it's gonna be all good in the hood again that's what i hope for now if it comes out that cole's getting the boot up to the main roster and this is the way finn can maybe take over you know undisputed i'll be okay with it you know i still think that um, you know, if you do take Adam Cole up, you kind of should take the rest of them with him. But, you know, that's just me. I will, I don't know if I say I disagree with you, but I think this is definitely the end of Undisputed Era. Right now, if you look at the roster, Karrion Cross, we don't know exactly what's going on with him, if he's going to get called up or not. But I think the heel side of things, NXT desperately needs some help. And it, it does kind of suck that we didn't get like a full-fledged babyface run out of Adam Cole. Over the last year, Undisputed Era has just kind of been there. And they've just had like some tag team matches and cut some nice promos. We had the Pat McAfee thing and the War Games match, which was fun. But overall, the Adam Cole babyface turn kind of came out of nowhere with the Pat McAfee feud. And then he really didn't do anything after that. So now he turns heel again, which is, I think, a positive for NXT. I think having Adam Cole back as a heel, top heel, is going to benefit NXT and then Kyler Riley kind of come out of this, I think is a strong singles baby face is also a, a good positive. And I'm intrigued to see where they go. Obviously Adam Cole kind of shooting to the top right now with hoping for the NXT title. I don't know what that means. If we're going to get Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, do we get a tag team match with any speeded era at WrestleMania takeover? Pete Dunn did pin Finn Balor. So that kind of keeps him in the hunt as well. So it's a very, you know, convoluted top, you know, title mix. We haven't heard a promo from Adam Cole, which I enjoyed. I think keeping Adam Cole silent, having him not talk until probably next week makes a lot of sense. Just kind of keep that little hook out there to hear why Adam, why. 
you know, I, 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 you just said it and I kind of just think of it. I really don't like the, the why insert name why thing. I liked it with Eddie ever since everybody else after Eddie can't fucking stand it. Well, just I'm like not, you don't not, like the what chant. I'm not, I'm not saying you, you promote it as that. I'm just kind of saying it as a cliche. I know, but I, you know, just like you don't like the what chant, I don't like it when people do that. Shit. And what, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I, if I do recall, you, we don't do the the podcast with video on, but I did see someone was wearing a specific shirt that I told them not to get. Yeah, and I got it just for you. That would be the what shirt. What? You just triggered me, Dominic. <laughs> All right, going back to NXT. Well, I mean, we either ta- I guess we talked about the whole Kyle Riley Adam Cole thing. Just kind of throwing it out there, Pat McAfee. He returned to NXT. He was in his private jet, cut a promo, just kind of you know sing song and you know doing a victory lap saying that i told y'all that pat Ma- that uh adam cole was a scumbag i was right everyone's saying pat mcafee's fired from nxt but yet here he is kind of inserting himself doesn't mean he's going to be returning anytime soon but they didn't have to do this and they did so what do you think about pat mcafee kind of in the nxt universe still i mean i i knew he was still in there i knew because of super bowl he had a ton of shit to do so i i expected him to be there and plus with all the publicity he brought. I mean, people people tuned into NXT just to see if he could actually do it, who they did. So um, I'm happy that he's pseudo back. When he actually full-fledged comes back, it's, it's, it's going to be fun, fun to see. Pat McAfee is definitely a heel. Adam Cole, definitely a heel. Where do you think Pat McAfee will be next? Does he continue with the Adam Cole thing? I don't think he's going to turn babyface by any means. Does he just kind of stay on the outskirts supporting his boys? Like, where do you think Pete or uh, Pat McAfee comes back in this? Does That's a good Kyle question. O'Reilly? I don't know. Why would you? I mean, I feel like if, if you're going to have him wrestle someone, it needs to be, and no offense to Kyle, Kyle's a fucking phenomenal wrestler. I don't think. Kyle would have the mindset to be able to kind of carry that. I mean, not that Pat needs a lot of carrying, but you know, I, Adam Cole was the best option at that moment. Now, where does he do now? I think he's kind of just outside looking in because if you if you bring Adam Cole back into it, I think you're going to have a, a babyface McAfee and the heel Cole. And then you're going to have the Adam Cole people, you know, it, it's going to be that 50-50 shit. So you got to be careful. Um, I think he says on the outside for now. If it's Pat McAfee against Adam Cole, even with the limited amount of fans there, people are going to cheer for Adam Cole, and you're going to have to do a lot of work to turn Pat McAfee babyface. I, I mean, I, I enjoy him, but if push came to shove, I probably would just cheer for Adam Cole because you know I'm a stupid internet wrestling fan like that. Uh, getting into NXT, the uh, opening match was Ember Moon and Shotzi taking on Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae. Uh, during Vengeance Day, uh, Dexter Loomis, att- not attacked, but abducted uh, Austin Theory. And they, uh, the way was sending out the the missing posters asking for Austin Theory's return. And uh, Austin Theory did return, but distraction finish, Indy gets ruled up and, and loses. So love the distraction finish, Dominic. I mean, I, I think we should go back and count how many times there's been an NXT where they had a distraction finish or the, you know, you know, the shitty finishes. You know, we should go back and count and see how many in a row we have we're at. 
Unfortunately, NXT, I think, is mirroring WWE's main roster booking a, a bit too much. Now, on this show in particular, there wasn't, I think, any other distraction. Um, well, I guess in the main event, there was a distraction finish. So, eh, yeah. But anyways, uh, then we get the Pat McAfee promo. Leon Ruff defeats Isaiah Swerve Scott. And Ruff, after losing a bunch of matches, after being a North American champion, comes back and beats Swerve after Swerve has been 50-50 book. And then I guess we finally get the official heel turn of Swerve Scott. I just didn't like this. You have Ruff, who has been booked strong since he lost the title. Swerve has been back and forth. And then he loses again to an underdog jobber, pretty much. And then we're supposed to care when he just flips out when he's been back and forth and doing this for like the past couple months. I mean, we're supposed to care because I don't give a shit. Wow, Dominic. On Black History Month, too. Well, I mean, like you said, <laughs> he, hasn't, he hasn't been fucking booked solid. So, I mean, it's 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 not a, oh, my God, what is he doing that for? It's just kind of like. And, and he's also so you, like. You try to put heat on him. Okay, cool. And he's turned like, didn't he turn on Jake Atlas? But then he, yeah. He, I feel like he's turned like two times already. But yet he's 50-50. And even when there's a new attitude change, he still just is losing matches. And that's hate to see it. Hate to see it. We get Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter defeat Aaliyah and Jesse Camilla. Match was, you know, okay. A little, little sloppy, not the best in the world, but uh, this was mainly focused on Zaya Lee. After the fact, uh, Zaya comes out and Casey is trying to talk some sense into Zaya, like, what are you doing? Come on, blah, 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 blah. And then Zaya takes like her fingers and puts some paint on Casey's hand and says, I will break you or I will hurt you. So uh, setting up a Zia Lee Casey Canzaro match, I think next week, or maybe a beat down. Can't wait. Yeah. It's a, you know, an undercard women's feud or women's storyline. They're definitely booking Zia Lee strong. So I would assume Zia will just run right through Casey. I'm not saying we're going to see Zia versus EO anytime soon for the title, but they definitely put a lot of manpower into this uh, Zia Lee feud. Or woman power. And it better fucking pay off. Because last thing we want to see is all this work and then just boop, squash. Zia Lee has a good martial arts background. I, I don't think, it, you know, the match against Casey is going to be a show stealer by anything, but I think it would be fun to see what Zaya and Io in particular could do because I think their their styles, I think, could mesh well with. But Zaya has been booked so strongly that I just, maybe the entire match would just be Zaya beating up Io and then Io. Just like hits a moonset at the end, and that's it. But uh, please don't say that. Now you just jinx, and that's going to be that, and that's going to be fucking terrible. I'm sorry. Uh, we get the Dusty Cup winners coming out for a trophy celebration. Beth Phoenix in the middle of the ring calls out MSK first, and MSK just kind of talks and says, you know, or, I don't know exactly what they said, but you know, they just kind of had a little victory speech. And I thought it was a lot better than what they did a couple weeks ago when they were promoting their match against uh, L. Legato del Fantasma, LDP. Yes, that's how words work. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I thought their segment was fine. And then Beth calls out the women's winners, Dakota Kyra, Kel Gonzalez. They do a little victory speech as well, a little heelish. And we get the women's tag team champions coming out, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. They have strong NXT ties as well. Nia talking about Dusty, blah, 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 blah. And they go back and forth. You said it earlier that you thought maybe the babyface Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart were a better fit to face off against the heel champions, but 
in this particular segment, it seemed like Kai and Gonzalez were tweeners, if not kind of the baby. I mean, I think they were the baby faces in the situation. And this is your time to talk, Dominic. PC, little button down in the corner. It says mute. You, you push that so you unmute. Or Dominic just fell asleep. No, I fucking dropped my phone and couldn't plug my shit. <laughs> um, yeah, in in betweeners, woo! I I lost half of the conversation. We're we're talking about the showdown between Kai and Gonzalez and Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, Dominic. Oh yeah! If totally, I yeah, said yeah. in betweeners, don't you think that would answer the name question, Dominic? Mm-hmm. Shut the fuck up. No, um, yeah, I I do kind of agree. They're probably the better fit because I think, you know, l- looking back, the prediction I made because of Shotzi were fa- were the faces and Dakota Kai heels, the first winners you would want, you know, to be a baby face. But now looking at it, I can see why they went Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez because looking at Nia Jackson and Shayna Baszler, you go, holy shit, they're monsters. So I can see why. I think it's a better fit. But, um, I'm t- as much as I loved the original, I'm tired of the whole whole my whole shit. They said it. I'm done with that. Yeah, I mean, I think Lana and Naomi did a thing on Raw about it, and now Raquel Gonzalez did a thing about it on NXT. That's just kind of what uh, WWE does. They get a viral thing, something that gains a little traction, and then they just overuse it and they make it uncool. So there you go. Uh, moving on, uh, Kushida defeats Tyler Rust. Kushida and Johnny Gargano had an absolutely banger of a match at TakeOver. I thought best match of the show. Kushida continuing to be built strong, beating Tyler Rust, Malcolm Bivens, uh, lone client. Don't know what happened to their tag team that he had, but uh match was fine. Tyler Rust continuing to get a push, but yet he just always loses. So, yeah, That's fine. I mean, you know, there, there's always a positive you can take out of always losing. And that is when you lose, you learn what not to do for the next match. So keep on getting your ass beat up. Hashtag analysis. On NXT Vengeance Day, they on the pre-show, we had the debut of L.A. Knight, otherwise known as Eli Drake. He had another promo. He was, uh, I guess the camera showed up to his front door and he cut a promo there. Just kind of further establishing himself Dominic, your thoughts on Eli Drake debuting with NXT. What do you think his upside is and how stupid is the name LA, LA Knight? Thank you. Thank you. Because I was going to say, do we really have to call him Mr. Mr. Is, can we just call him Mr. Knight? We've got to call him LA Knight. Like, how the fuck do you get the name LA Knight? Well, I know they, want, they want to keep the iteration, like... but I feel like you could have. Uh, I know it, it has to be like a specific, whatever, cadence to it, but. I don't know if you couldn't be like Eli Blake, but then that's too similar to Drake. And yeah, it's just, and whatever. And you couldn't just call him like Drake. But you already have Drake Maverick. You can't have two Drakes. And then you have Drake Wirtz or Jake Younger, whatever his name is in NXT, the referee. Too many Drakes. Call him Eli. And then we got Drizzy. Drizzy's going to show up to NXT soon, right? Oh, fuck me. I don't know. I really can't say the name Eli Knight. I can understand why. Dominic, you know who Drizzy right. is? I mean, sorry, LA Knight. Yeah, fucking Drake. Okay, just want to make sure. Just want, just want to make sure they didn't go overhead. Um, but I know, you're, I know, you you're know for the kids. God's plan. Uh, uh, whatever. 
left foot but um but no i i understand i just don't can't, i don't like the name i really hope he i hope he i out of all the impact wrestlers have come to wwe he is one that i really hope takes off and kind of just you know he's not going to be triple h john tina undertaker Shawn michaels but i really hope he is that you know, that indie guy that comes up, maybe like a Daniel Bryan where like, you know, you, everybody knows him from these other places and he gets a stupid ass name and kind of, you know, does well for himself in NXT WWE. Eli Drake, fantastic talker. Wrestling isn't exactly his strong suit. I don't see him being in the main event scene, maybe like a TV main event every now and then, but I feel like he's going to be more of a mid mid card guy, you know, just kind of like what Cameron Grimes is, but just a different character. Well, I, I like him up for Cameron Grimes. And he is a former Impact champion. Can't take that away from him. So we'll have to wait and see. I, I think I, I see big things for Mr. Mr. Knight. Then finally, we had a Zo- the debut, singles debut of Zoe Stark. She had a squash match. Uh, she has a good look. She's, uh, you know, very impressive. And I thought it was a good squash match, good debut for her. And uh, excited to see what she can do in the future. Relations to Tony Stark? Possibly. Okay. Okay. I can see it. Yeah. I I thought it wasn't bad. You know, once again, n- another another person I can see having a bright future if booked right. Then let's get on to the AEW Dynamite recap. We had Hangman Adam Page and Matt Hardy defeat TH2. Now, sorry, Mr. X, you have the eagle eye, and me and Dominic are absolutely idiots. Well, at least I'm an idiot because I have a feeling Dominic didn't even see Dynamite last week. But uh, Hangman did switch out the contracts. I don't know how I, how I missed it, but I'll take the L. He did swap them out. Uh, Hardy and Hangman get the win, and then they have a promo afterwards where Hangman uh, kind of showed him that he bamboozled Hardy. And he showed him the contract, but then Hardy bamboozled Hangman with uh, Isaiah Cassidy in the Jaguar outfit. We get a beatdown. We will have a match at Revolution. Hardy versus Hangman. Lo- or winner gets the other person's whatever earnings for the first quarter of 2021. So stupid. It's fucking stupid. I, I much rather would have loved to see man acts on with matt and kind of you know have a hangman hardy and then have private party behind hardy and like would have been great to see and everything but now to be like winner gets my salary for the first quarter that's to me that is just fucking stupid almost said the r word because that's how stupid this shit is like i rather see you know i rather see another personal butler like whatever they did with chuck and the best friend and me, Milo, whatever his name is, and fucking the other dude. I don't, I don't hate. No, I don't hate the concept as much as Dominic does. I think this is definitely more of a, a placeholder feud. Maybe if I'm booking it out, you have Hangman just kind of in this little feud for a little bit. He wins. I think obviously Hangman's going to win this match, and then maybe this is where you elevate Hangman and kind of put him on the path to face Kenny for the title. Because I still feel as much as Hangman has been. I wouldn't say devalued, but kind of mishandled, kind of fumbled, especially with the crowds not being there, I think hurts him a bit. But I I still feel like Hangman is that guy to take the title off of Kenny. And this is just going to be a placeholder. Maybe he moves up 
I don't know. I'm trying to think like the heel roster. There's not too many like upper mid card heels I can think of. I mean, Team Taz, but I don't, I don't know, Dominic. What do you what do you see them going with Hangman? Because I, I think this is kind of going to be a short term thing. It, it has to be short short term, and that's it's going to be when Kenny beats John Moxley. This is going to be the next feud for him. Um, do I see Hang? And and I have a question after my little thing, but you know. Um, I, I do see them going Hangman Kenny, and you can reignite that, you know, that storyline of how Kenny kind of, you know, fucked with him and screwed him over and all that kind of stuff. But question I have for you, and you said it, and I, I know when you said they are devaluing him, it's not like they're treating him like shit, like as from a company standpoint, it's just booking and, you know, storyline progression and all that kind of stuff. But you think somebody like Hangman Page, you know, do, do you think if he gets frustrated, is it harder for him to go up and be like, look, you guys, you know, we need to start doing things like my way, or we you know we need to start doing this more like that. Like, do you think it's harder when you have your friends kind of as a boss or as a, you know, booker and all that kind of stuff, you think it's harder for him because I feel like, you know, if he gets frustrated and he goes to WWE, he's going to hurt his friendships. You know what I mean? So like, do you think it's hard for them to do that kind of stuff? I would think that it'd be easier to voice your frustrations with your friends and say like, look, I feel like we should go this direction, but then the friends can be friendly about it. Be like, no, it's okay. We got plans for you. We're not going to do this right now, but we'll do it later. And you can just kind of push it off. And I think maybe it's a kill him with kindness type of thing, but I'm not saying. Yeah. But then the next the thing you know, they keep each other. They keep fucking, Oh no, we're going to get you next time, next time, next few, next few. And the next thing you know, they're just pushing them away. And then, you know, it's a year has gone by and he has no title shot because, you know, they rather fucking have Cody go after it again or some, you know, or have Mox is coming back in a couple weeks. We're going to have him win it, you know, and you guys are going to be both baby faces. You guys can't fight each other, you know, oh my God. So it's like, I just feel like, you know, at what point, you know, do you realize that maybe Vince isn't that big of a devil anyways? I don't think we're going to see Hangman in WWE for a, a long, long time. Unless AEW just completely goes under, which don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. We get a promo from Inner Circle reacting to what happened last week with Sammy. Jericho, you know, getting a little chippy with MJF, but he's focusing a lot of his anger and putting a lot of the blame on Sammy Guevara. I mean, it was fine. It, it kind of adds a little layer of Jericho, I think, showing, a, I think, more anger towards MJF that we've really seen before. So that's kind of a new added dimension to the Inner Circle dynamic. You know, I was hoping for more backlash from Sammy leaving. You know, that day that he left, I was hoping more of like a jump. They're going to jump him or, you know, like NJ or Jericho is going to try to grab him and be like, you can't leave. Like we kick you out, like something like that. But I kind of do enjoy the way they're going about it. You know, having some heat more on MJF and all that kind of stuff. But I'm curious to see what Sammy does. A quick little sidebar, don't have to go too deep into this. Sammy was supposed to be a part of Impact, which I don't know if that's directly correlated to him leaving AEW, but he left due to creative differences. Dominic, any, what do you react to that news with Sammy? I, wow, I didn't even know he was fucking going to, he was going to be a part of it. So that's news to Dominic. Dominic's first yeah, That is, uh, um, Creative differences. I wonder if he was supposed to lose a match and he was just like, no, I'm I'm fucking Sammy. I'm a sex god, you know, whatever, you know. 
I don't, I don't know. Sammy, to me, ever since the whole Sasha Banks thing, it seems that his attitude's a little different in a good way. But, you know, he's still, I think, one of the better wrestlers from AEW. If he's going to set to lose, I don't think you, you let him lose. I think you let him win. So, I, I don't know. I, I want to know more about why. What, what was the differences? I don't exactly know exactly 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 what happened but uh he's been doing some babyface things on dark and they haven't exactly been the best in the world so maybe when he comes back he can be better but i i don't really have faith that he's gonna be setting the world on fire as a babyface then we get riho taking on serena deeb in the first round of the women's tournament and i absolutely love this match i thought it was phenomenal riho coming back after 11 months away due to the pandemic she beats serena deeb after a really clean a set of reversals and roll up near falls at the end of the match. Love this match. Best match of the show. As I said, you know, I, Brandon, you know, I didn't see this and I saw some clips on YouTube and the Instagram and the Facebook. So I'm going to say Rio Fabe, definitely going to be the winner of this tournament. In my opinion, I don't see who else really, I mean, there are some other, I mean, because isn't it, isn't it like America versus Japan? Isn't it like something set up like that? There's an American side of the bracket and a Japanese side of the bracket. So I think the Japanese, out of the Japanese, Rio's going to win it. I think she's going to win the whole thing. But, you know, for the American side, I'm not too sure who I have right now. Riho was on the American side of the bracket, Dominic. That's why the match took place on Dynamite. All the Japanese what matches the are taking place in Japan. What the fuck am I doing here? What am I doing on this podcast? I don't know shit. You just figured this out? We're on episode 170, 174, 170 something. Let's see. What exactly number are we wow. on? I'm, I'm hurt. Be... That I'm fucking hurt. 174. I knew it. Boom. And you and you don't think it should be a part of it? Fine. Hey, you. Maybe up... be... No, maybe this is nope. the last episode. But... No, Dominic, this is not the last episode. You're not running away from me. We're finishing this goddamn podcast. Orange Cassidy defeats Luther in a match that happened. Well, I'm fucking happy that it happened. Okay, I love Luther. You love Luther. I love Lance. I like I like I like Luther Reigns. Remember that guy from SmackDown back in the day? I love Lamp. What's Lamp? Someone's never seen Anchorman. Mm, I have, but I don't. Who's Lamp? He's talking about Anyways, Brit? Team Taz comes out and Taz cuts a promo as he normally does, and Sting interrupts, and Sting gets his ass beat. Your boy Sting actually like wrestled a little bit and took a power bomb from Brian Cage, Dominic. Oh. Tell me about it. I saw that and immediately was just like, oh, that neck must be hurting. But I still think Sting has a lot left in the tank. I can't wait for Sting and Darby to fuck those butts up, buddy. Dominic can't wait for them to fuck some butts, buddy. Uh, Kenny Omega. He's and bees, boys. Kenny Omega, a lot of kids. He went to a, I don't know, preschool or elementary kindergarten. Something, I don't know how old kids are. And he read a portion of the Young Bucks book where it just put over how much him and Okada tore down the Tokyo Dome and made a shit ton of money. And then the kids beat up Michael Nakazawa. I do not understand what the point of this thing was. It was stupid. And it was it, to show that Michael can be beat up by kids. I don't know. He's a pussy. 
I'm, I'm just feeling myself right now. Then the Young Bucks had a match against Santana and Ortiz. Apparently, they uh, are not the official tag team of the Inner Circle, but they can still get tag title matches. And the Young Bucks get the win. Uh, Santana Ortiz had the upper hand, but then Santana Ortiz. I forget. I always get them mixed up. But anyways, uh, we get a roll up for the win and the Young Bucks retain. Well, I told you that was going to happen. I mean, the, the Young Bucks aren't losing until the biggest tag team that is not signed to AEW goes to AEW. Which is? I don't, I don't Sasha know. Banks and Bailey. Sure. I mean, honestly, they could probably they could probably beat the fuck out of the Young Bucks. So there you go. Uh, Brandy Rhodes makes her illustrious return to AEW. We get a gender reveal party, and Cody and Brandy are gonna have a girl. Yay! And they didn't set the whole place on fire, so that's a positive. I wish they would have. Would have been way better. What do you think they're gonna name it? Guesses got a pool going. Let's see if it's a girl. I don't see them doing like iterations, like having it be a Cody or like a Brandy. Let's see. What's what's your guess, Dominic? It's gonna be like I say it's gonna be like a uh, Virginia. Virginia Reynolds. Okay, that actually doesn't sound half bad. If you're gonna go with Virginia, I'm gonna go with Carolina. Why don't you just go like I was like Carol. Car- Carolyn Reynolds. I mean, Carol. Uh, Karen. No, we can't have a Karen. Uh, so there we go. Dominic has Virginia, and I have Caroline, and or Karen. Caroline. Uh, in the main event, or not in the main event? Yes, no, not the main event. FTR and uh, F- just FTR. They defeat the side L's. I did not know there was two of them until this week, but FTR wins, and then Jurassic Express beats them down. And we're gonna get Tully Blanchard's old ass in a match in a couple weeks. Amazing. I didn't. I don't give a fuck about Terry Blanchard. I care about uh, what's her fucking name? Tessa. Where the fuck is she? She's down in Mexico. I think. Didn't she get married? I don't know. But she needs to fucking start wrestling again because I want her stupid ass to say stupid shit and get canceled like me. You're canceled? We're too small to get canceled, Dominic. Yeah, because I got you. You probably blur shit out. And I don't even know. Yeah, I'm just like sending out subliminal messages that you don't even understand. Then, in the actual main event, John Moxley, Lance Archer, and Ray Phoenix take on the Kingston family. And Mox, Archer, and Phoenix get the dub, as they should. Moxley pins Eddie Kingston. Then this leads to the beatdown at the end with Kenny Omega. And I thought this was, as, as much as I hated the Kenny kids segment, I really enjoyed the promo Kenny cut against John Moxley. You know, serious. When's Kenny serious? He's good when he's not, when he's doing DDT things, not, not so much. But uh, this is when they announced the exploding barbed wire death match. We've already covered it with Mr. X's question. But uh, anything else about the match itself or the stipulation in Revolution? No. Maybe, I, maybe I, how, how much we kind of like feared the worst, but what do you think actually they're going to do in the match? I think it's just going to be a lot of like table break and bo- uh, light bulb smashing stuff. You know, I never seen a John Moxley death match at, in CZW, but I can only imagine it's going to be gruesome. So, I mean, I, I'm going to expect 
very little, just so I can be blown away by what happens. I think they're going to, I think they're still going to have, you know, a pretty destructive match. It's going to finish with the exploding part of the exploding barbed wire death match. Then finally we have a WWE pay-per-view this weekend. I know we don't cover WWE, but when there's a pay-per-view, we will quickly go over it. Am I coming over? Uh, COVID. Elimination Chamber is this weekend. Bobby Lashley, the champion of the United States of America, takes on Keith Lee and Riddle in a triple threat match. It's been kind of the butt of the joke on Raw that every week Lashley just puts the the hurt lock on Riddle. So uh, does Riddle get some comeuppance, or does Lashley get some comeuppance and Riddle wins? Does Lashley retain, or does Keith Lee, who's kind of stuck in the middle of all this, walks away the champion? I really hope Keith Lee. Keith, I, I, I would, I want Keith Lee, but I'll take Leo Riddle, just because Leo, I feel like Leo both- Riddle. Like Lee or Riddle. Oh, I thought like Leo Rush and Matt Riddle like just combined to be. That'd be an interesting little uh, mashup there. Definitely would be def- interesting. But um, uh, I want Keith Lee just because I feel like he desperately needs it, honestly. But both Lee and Riddle have been there for so long that it's like you got to give them something. So really hope it's Lee, but I'll take Leo Riddle. I, I don't see. I mean, I could see. Riddle possibly winning it, but I have more confidence in Lee getting the win here because I don't see the main championships, at least the men's championships, really changing hands until WrestleMania. So having the the United States championship switch hands because I think Biggie with the IC title is going to hold it for a little bit. So maybe having it here, maybe at Fastlane next month, have it be a little title switch or something to freshen it up. But Lashley has been on such a tear. He's held it for so long that maybe you want to wait for it to be a bigger match, either a one-on-one at WrestleMania or on Raw or a fast lane or whatever the case is. But uh, we don't know. It's uh, just kind of a match, and it should be should be okay, I guess. Uh, the Well, I don't know exactly how to approach this. We have a Raw women's title match that was scheduled. It was supposed to be Asuka versus Lacey Evans, but Lacey Evans announced she was pregnant and Ric Flair very much insinuated that he is the daddy. But then it came out later that Lacey Evans is like, in fact, really real life pregnant, not with child of Ric Flair, but with her husband. So uh, Dominic, I mean, congratulations to Lacey Evans. This is legit, but uh, what, what's, what's going on here? So that means Charlotte's going to face Asuka and Charlotte's going to win for like a gazillion time. Yeah, probably. Yep, and then or maybe you know, Charlotte, maybe Peyton, and maybe like Peyton Royce and Ric Flair are going to be a thing now, and then Peyton gets pregnant. <laughs> but everybody, everybody gets paired with fucking Ricky becomes pregnant, and the next you know the only diva left or ooh canceled the D word canceled. Ah, damn, the only female wrestler left is Charlotte, and they can't pair him because they can't rescue getting pregnant. I mean, that'd be a wild situation if Charlotte, they actually like had Rick just pair up with like all the women in the roster and then they just all get either kayfabe or real life pregnant and then they just finally gets back to Charlotte and Rick like we all thought it was going it's to be. It's just like, so this is awkward. Yeah. Whatever happened to Andrade? Okay, is Andrade still a thing? He's still with the yeah, company, right? Well, yeah, he's still with the company. Yeah, yeah. What's going on with him? Come on, I was going to move on. Do we have to? Uh, we have two Elimination Chamber matches. The WWE Championship features all former 
WWE champions. The champion, champion, Drew McIntyre champion, uh, defends against Randy Orton, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Kofi Kingston, and the person who will enter last, Sheamus. Are we putting money that Sheamus is going to win it? But I, we are. We already know Sheamus. We already know McIntyre is going to retain. But are, are they trying to make us think that Sheamus is going to win because he's going in last or something? That's definitely what they're trying to insinuate. I, I still don't know where what direction they're going with with Drew. If they are going to go the Sheamus route, they have two months, I think, until or I guess a month and a half until WrestleMania. You could maybe drag it out that long, but I feel like Drew should win. And he shouldn't hold it on for a long time because I feel like Seamus just is not the the guy to take it off him. If anything, I think Lee is the guy to take it off him if he's going to turn heel or as kind of the next up and coming babyface babyface challenger. Fuck it, Adam Cole, baby. Then the I would assume this is the universe, the uh, main event. I forgot to ask Dominic. Dominic, what's the what's the main event of Elimination Chamber? We I don't think we've done that. Uh, it's going to be the uh, WWE Championship with Roman Reigns. The, well, Roman Reigns is the Universal Champion, so that cannot happen. But I think he meant the Universal Championship match, and we have an Elimination Chamber to determine, I guess, the number one contender, and that winner will face on against Roman Reigns. And the six participants are King Corbin, Kevin Owens, Cesaro, Dana Bryan, Sami Zayn, and Jay Uso. Now, Uso is intriguing to see what they would do if he were to win, if he just wants to do a finger poke of doom. And I think you kind of hold off on that storyline with the, the Usos maybe revolting against Roman. But I think you go with Kevin. You have KO maybe run the gamut, you know, enter in one and go the distance. And then Roman beats him. And then Roman just pretends like this was just this big, valiant effort that he did. And it was such a struggle. And he did this great thing. I mean, then he still got Edge somewhere that he still needs to make his choice. So maybe you can, you know, have Edge come out at the end spear the fuck out of somebody and be like you're my bitch at wrestlemania i don't know if he's gonna exactly put it in those words but some something to that nature i think edge will ultimately choose roman reigns at wrestlemania now that'll do it for us for today thank y'all very much now gonna go over to the instagram one last time to see if we have any questions I believe we do not, unfortunately. Hate to let, me check, let me check Twitter. Maybe there's something on Twitter. Hang on. Let's see. No. No. But if you would like to send us a question, that if you want to send us a question right now, and then we'll read it next week, Curveballs and CS on Instagram and Twitter. We're also on Facebook. Dominic, I'm not on Facebook, but do uh, Curveballs and Chair Shots, are we even a thing on Facebook? Actually, that's... that's we got nine plus new notifications. We got seven notifications. Let's see. Uh, this is all Ray's Rebellion shit. Raise, 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 raise. Make sure raise, to use raise. code CBCS at checkout at raiseenergy.com and Dominic will get like 10 cents for a 50 pack of Raise Energy drinks. Yeah, that sounds about right. No, I. Uh, Buy Raise Energy drinks so Dominic isn't in the negative, people. Come on, help us out. True that, true that, true that. True, that. But uh, oh, look at right. that, Dominic's first crown. Remember those moments? Just, remember we used to play. Uh, fall. Remember we used to play video games together, Dominic. Those are good times. Yeah, what happened, man? I don't know. I mean, studio audience got a new job. It just throws your sleep schedule off, so you really can't play a night anymore. But mm-hmm. Fortnite yeah. season coming up. Maybe we'll get back on that Fortnite grind. We'll try. We'll try. 
Anyways, if you guys want to slide in the DMs, maybe you want to play Call of Duty, Fortnite with us, maybe even Rocket League, you know, let us know. Hit us up on your Epic account, PSN account, Activision account. Maybe we can we can link up. Maybe we'll do some uh, some streams later soon. I don't know. But uh, yeah, once again, thank maybe you. Maybe we play tonight. Don't know. We don't know. But unfortunately, breaking news, Tyler will not be there because him and the number one fan, Haley, are going on a little excursion to uh, Los Angeles. I know, Tifty, Tifty. But he did say maybe when the COVID is not a thing anymore, maybe we go to Disneyland, Dominic. I mean, is it a couple's thing? So you got what, what maybe well, a couple, well, like seven months to get a girl? Yeah, but by the time COVID isn't a thing anymore, I'll apply to the Bachelorette. I'll win the thing or I'll lose instantly, but then I'll get some groupies out of it. And then I'll have a date. It could be a, a, a threesome, six-man date. Threesome, threesome couples date. Okay. Well, you know, Tyler may or may not be listening to this on their way to LA. So this is a hell of a way to send it off with the threesome uh, couple know, date. A three. <laughs> I mean, but the thing, Brandon, you know, Mary likes Haley. I'm going to assume Haley likes Mary. So that means the two girls got to like your girl. So if your girl's a motherfucking bitch. Whoa, whoa, you know. whoa, Dominic. That is very, very mean to insinuate. That what? I don't know. I'm just trying to cancel you, even though you've already been canceled like three times on the show already. Dude, I've been canceled like three times today, just by myself, I let alone this episode. The past, like, the, can you imagine what, remember I, mean, I said a couple weeks ago? You, mm. you said the D word. You almost said the R word. And I probably, wanted to say the R word because it was that stupid. And then you probably said something else that I was half paying attention to that I didn't call out. Oh, and you also said that Riho was in the, the Japanese side of things, even though she's on the American side of things. That's not really cancelable. That's just Dominic being that's Dominic being Dominic, folks. Dominic, you said some pretty stupid shit, but that's the stupidest shit you ever said. Maybe, that's maybe, that's maybe, that's nowhere close to the stupidest things you ever said. Which I maybe you know what? Maybe we should have an episode where it's just you know you reminiscing about all the stupid shit I've said, which I would have to remember for us to do that, which I have not. But uh, for like the tenth time, thank you guys for tuning in for the mascot who has a fresh cut, by the way, looking fresh to death. Little I'll dog on the Twitter, little dog, big dog, and the uh, cats and meowing trying to get some of that kitty cat. My name is Brandon Tango, and that's been Dominic Hobson. Thank you, Mr. X, for sending those questions. And thank you, Haley, for sending the question last week, even though we didn't respond. I'm sorry. Have fun in L.A. And uh, goodbye and good night. Uh, bye-bye. <laughs>